Isn't it awesome that we can know God? That is amazing. As we get started, um, Billy should start recording now, and he did, so that's good. We're now recording the sermons and putting them on um, our website and also on podcasts. So any of you have a smartphone, um, an iPhone, or an Android phone, then I can teach you how to do that if you need taught. Um, Just let me know. But you can uh, listen to them if you miss them. It's great that we can know God, and, you know, I want to start talking about that. You know, I've heard multiple times, let me get my remote control, I've heard multiple times that bankers, bankers are not taught how to recognize fake money. They're taught how to recognize real money. Bankers are taught how to recognize real money. They do not spend a long time teaching bankers the feel of counterfeit money. Instead, if they know real money well enough, they recognize anything that would be counterfeit. Do you know the real and true biblical teaching? What is the correct biblical teaching about God? Do you know truth well enough that you would recognize counterfeit biblical teaching? The devil has been trying to counterfeit truth since the beginning of time. Genesis 3.1, the devil masquerading as a serpent questioned, Indeed, has God really said? Beginning of time, and he's trying to question God's word and God's authority. In Genesis 3.4, the devil said, You surely will not die. They die spiritually right away when they sinned, and then later on they died physically. The devil has always distorted truth, always. The devil has always tried to counterfeit truth, always. And look out on to today's world events, and you can still see the devil masquerading, trying to question God, and trying to question truth. Even Pilate, in front of Jesus, said, what is truth? You know that the word university means one truth, means one truth, and yet most deny that there is truth. The devil has his way. I wish to talk about true biblical teaching over the next few uh, weeks or actually a few months. I'm going to title this, uh, it's actually theology or doctrine. We're going to talk about theology. We're going to talk about doctrine. And I'm going to title this series, A Study of God study of God, because that's what theology means. Theology means the study of God. And my theme today is studying God is important. Right? (laughs) Thank you. Studying is important. Amen? Can we agree on that? If God has made himself known, shouldn't we study God? And I don't know, you know, it may not. I like to preach through books of the Bible, and in this case I won't be doing so. You know, we'll be looking at different Bible texts that talk about God and who he is and talk about Jesus and who he is and talk about the Holy Spirit and who he is and creation and end times and, and, and worldviews and different things. And I hope, it's, um, I, hope, I hope it can grasp your attention. I really want to be entertaining, but my job is not to entertain you. That's not, that's not a pastor's job. 
We're in a, we are an, inter- an entertainment-driven society, and we are amusing ourselves to death, someone once said. So let's get into some meat, and none of that fake meat stuff. Let's get into real meat as we talk about the study of God and talk about this. I want to start today. Today, I'm just going to introduce it. Today, the strong importance of Bible doctrine. The strong importance of Bible doctrine or Bible teaching. So think about it. It's Christmas season, and you're listening to your favorite news station, whether that's a podcast or whether it's on the radio or whether it's on TV, and you hear about a story where a professor is terminated from a particular Christian college because she says that Muslims and Christians worship the same God. If you don't know that, that really did happen. A, Christ, a professor was terminated. And so what do you think? Do Muslims and Christians worship the same God? In order to talk about that, in order to think about that, we have to study God. Who is the God revealed in the Bible? We have to get into that. And as we get into that, I have an extra quote I added just last week. On Wednesday night, we are studying A.W. Tozer's book, The Knowledge of the Holy. It's a great book study, 6 o'clock p.m., Wednesday night, eat dinner early and come on out. We can always have a few more people. Choir doesn't start till 7, so Elaine will let anybody come to this Bible book study, 6 o'clock, Wednesday night. It's great. And on Wednesday night, we are talking about this book, and I thought, i got to add that to the sermon. I thought, i got to add that whole chapter. So we're going to read the whole chapter. No, we're not. We're just going to read it. It's on the screen. It's in your manuscript. Here it is. A.W. Tozer says, the history of mankind will probably show that no people has ever risen above its religion. And man's spiritual history will positively demonstrate that no religion has ever been greater than its idea of God. This idea of God, our view of God, our idea of God is critical. He continues, worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low thoughts of God. I have another slide or two. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself. And the most pretentious fact about any man is not what he at a given time may say or do. (coughs) Excuse me. But what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. A right conception of God is basic, not only to systematic theology, but to practical Christian living as well. It is to worship what the foundation is to the temple, where it is inadequate or out of plumb, the whole structure must come sooner or later collapse. I believe there is scarcely an error in doctrine or a failure in applying Christian ethics. It cannot be traced finally to an imperfect and ignoble thoughts about God. Think about that. Our thoughts about God are critical to our Christian life. Our thoughts about God are, get this, critical to your Christian worship. If you have a low view of God, your worship will reflect that. If you have a low view of God, your Bible reading will reflect that. If you have a low view of God, your life will reflect that. Because if we have a low view of God, we might as well start tearing pages out of his book. But if we have a high view of God, the majesty of God, the glory of God, the greatness of God, the sovereignty of God, 
our worship will reflect that as well. I already shared about the news story. It is true that a professor truly was terminated because she said Christians and Muslims worship the same God. And it really, you know, prompted people to start thinking, do Muslims and Christians worship the same God? And so the question is, can God be known? In order to understand current events which have to do with God, one must understand God. We must study him. We must understand who he is. Now, you may be thinking out there, we cannot understand God. You may be thinking, God is not able to be known. But I want to say, yes, he can. Now, if one thinks that God cannot be known, then he is an agnostic. And it's kind of popular right now in our culture to say that one is an agnostic. The term agnostic literally means no knowledge. I have no knowledge. This means we cannot have any knowledge of God about God. To call oneself an agnostic is to claim ignorance. The Latin equivalent would be ignoramus. But none of us would want to say that, would we? Agnostic sounds so much better. And if you're out here right now and you are an agnostic, I mean total respect. I'm sure you're a thinker, and I would like to talk with you, and I would like to study together who God is and lead you to the path of Christianity. It is possible to know God. God is great, but he has revealed himself to us in the 66 books of the Bible. We can know God because he chose to make the first move. We can know God because he has revealed himself to us. And there's some passages you can look up later if you wish. And don't miss that. Isn't it absolutely amazing as a truth? The God of the world, the God of the universe, the only true and real God revealed himself to us. He chose to make himself known. He made the first move. He didn't have to, but he did because he loves us. Going a step further, if he is God, then there's no reason to doubt that he can create the world or the universe or time. If he is God, there's no reason to doubt the miracles in the Bible. He's God. Why do we doubt when he is God? Read what the Bible says about God. It paints a pretty big picture of God. Believing in God means that logically it makes sense to believe in miracles. Believing in God means that logically there is reason to believe in the attributes of God, such as he's all-powerful, omnipotent, he's everywhere, omnipresent, he knows everything omniscient. Many of us have a Christian belief, but an illogical Christian life, if that makes sense. Logically, if we believe in God and who he is and what the Bible says about him, it would make logical sense to follow him and to commit to him and make him Lord of our life. And though you may struggle, you're on the path to making him Lord of your life. But too often our Christian faith is not logical, it's illogical. We believe in him, we commit to him, but we do not make him Lord of our life. We do not surrender to him. Or we do not trust him. We do not trust the miracles of the Bible. We doubt all the time. But in order to understand then current events having to do with God, we got to study God. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but what he has revealed belong to us and to our children forever. 
What an awesome passage. God revealed it to us. It's in the Word. It's in the Bible. God wrote a book. This means that what he has revealed is in the Bible. We're going to talk about the definition of theology here in just a minute. But think about this. In order to understand the current events or history or fiction or anything else having to do with God, one must understand God. It is important that one studies God. If one is a Christian, if one is a Christian, instead of starting with all the religions of the world, start with the Christian view of God. Start with what the Bible teaches about God. Certainly, I believe it is important for the Christian and the non-Christian to study other religions of the world. Go ahead. Study all the religions of the world. I think that's wise. But the Christian must first know God. We must first know true Christian teaching, and then we can recognize the counterfeit. We know God. And that's what this sermon series is about. Theology means the study of God. Theo, God. Logi, the study of. The term theology or, theolog or theological has been mocked even amongst pastors. Um, but, you know, if we do know God, if we do not know God, if we do not understand God, then we do not understand whether we are led by the Spirit of God or by demons. I say that because a few years ago, three or four years ago, I was at a pastor's conference. And at this particular conference, there was a leader, and he was speaking about spiritual disciplines. And he was speaking about how to know God's will, how to know God's will. And he mocked the term theological. He said... What seminary did you guys go to? And somebody would say, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Or Asbury Theological Seminary. Or, you name him, Gordon Conwell, Theological Seminary. Ashland, Theological Seminary. And he kind of targeted that word theological to make the case that the seminaries aren't teaching people how to follow God's will but instead they're just teaching theology. And, and, and it kind of bothered me at first, and it bothered me the more and more I thought about it. Theology means the study of God. The study of God. Don't we want to know God? You can't know God's will if you don't know God. Many people want to say, I want to know God's will. Well, have you read the Bible? No. Well, you're not going to know God's will if you don't read the Bible. You're not going to know God's will if you don't read his word. You're gonna, not going to know his will if you don't know God. How do we know? 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen about the, do, the devil, you know, masquerading, leading us astray, led, being led by demons. Theology is not a bad word, though. It's not a bad word. The noun translated theology is used seven times. Well, actually, this is doctrine, sorry. The, the word translated doctrine is used seven times, seven times in First and Second Timothy and Titus. Seven times. And in these short New Testament letters, they're about pastoring churches. These are called the pastoral epistles. Three short books. You could read them in 15 minutes. And seven times the word doctrine is used. Seven times. I believe it is important that every Christian is trying to go spiritually, and that begins with understanding who God is. 
So I want to study who God is together. And I'm just continuing to lay the groundwork, lay the foundation, and make the case we got to know who God is. And guess what? In today's society, we are willfully ignorant, willfully ignorant of proper theology, proper doctrine, who know, of studying who God is. And so it's critical that we have a biblical worldview. Everyone has a worldview. Our worldviews are like icebergs. Most of the iceberg is under the surface of the ocean, and you don't see it. Most of our worldview is under, is like buried within us. But it does spill out. It spills out when something's on the news. You have a, you have a way you view each particular world event. And get this, every song you are listening to on the radio, every television show you watch, every news event you hear, they are all bombarding you with worldviews. And the worldviews are against God most of the time. Now, don't get angry with the world. The devil's trying to lead the world astray. The world's just being the sin-filled world they're supposed to be. But as Christians, we have to have our biblical worldview. Make your worldview come from the Bible and come from knowing God. James 4.4 teaches us that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Friendship with the world makes us enemies with God. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says to test everything. Test everything. Everything you watch. Everything you read. Everything you listen to. Compare it with the Bible. It is giving you a worldview. It is giving your children a worldview. It is giving your grandchildren a worldview. And it will lead them astray. The point is that the world's ways, meaning the worldview of the world or the culture, is different than the worldview of God. They're different. And this is why we must study God. We must study theology in order to have a Christian worldview. So let's study God together. It is my goal that this study is simple and straightforward. I hope not to get too deep. I mean that. <laughs> I hope. I appreciate your, Greg. Uh, I hope to take you into the ocean of the water of theology and doctrine and study of God but not too deep to knock you down by the waves. And if you get knocked down by the waves, it will make you stronger as long as you don't get mad at the preacher. <laughs> it never works good that way, okay? Um, think about Bible doctrine and theology as knowing God, though. Think about it as knowing God. Theology is a scary word. Doctrine might be a scary word, but just think of it as knowing God. Knowing God. Jesus prays in John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It's eternal life to know the only true God. How awesome it is that we can know God. How amazing that God has made himself known to us. So think now about sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. 2 Timothy 4.3 for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. The time has long passed. We want we want to hear. And this has been going on for two millennia. Titus 1.9, holding fast the faithful word which, in a, which is in accordance with the teaching so that he will be able to both exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. Get that. Holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching, 
so that he will be able to both exhort in sound doctrine, but also refute those who contradict. You can recognize the counterfeit only after you recognize the truth. You have to know the truth. Then when the other religion comes to your door, instead of being witness to, you can witness to them. Take from those two scriptures how critical it is that we assure that our doctrine is sound. First and second Timothy and Titus is about the church. As a church at Bethel, friends, our elders and our leaders and our people and our members, we have to make sure the church is holding to proper Bible doctrine and proper Bible theology. And we can't do that if we don't study it to begin with. By the way, and this is critical, doctrine means teaching or set of beliefs taught by a church or institution. So you can have bad doctrine. It just is a set of beliefs, codified beliefs. But correct theology should lead to correct doctrine. Get that. Correct theology should lead to correct doctrine. Or the correct study of God, theology, should lead to the correct knowledge of God, which should lead to the correct beliefs and teachings about God. The correct study of God should lead to the correct knowledge of God, which should lead to the correct beliefs and teachings about God. Let's study God. Let's do this together. So how to study theology. This is certainly abbreviated. But I got seven points. Six. Sorry, I can count. Six. Prayer, humility. You study theology with prayer. You study theology with humility. How can you study God without humility? You study theology with reason. That's logic. You study God, uh, theology with help from others as a community, as a body of Christ. You study theology collecting all of the relevant passages and with praise. So let's talk about these for a few hours, or a few minutes. With prayer, you study theology with prayer, Psalm 119.18. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. You ask God to open your eyes as you look at the Bible. You study theology with humility, 1 Peter 5.5. 5. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility. You're wearing humility one another for God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble you study theology with reason God gave us reason it's a proof of God it's in a defense of God that we have reason God is a God of order first Corinthians 14 for God is not a God of confusion but of peace as in all the churches of the saints God cannot contradict himself get that 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. You study theology with prayer, you study theology with humility, you study theology with reason, you study theology with help from others as a community. 1 Corinthians 12.28, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, Various kinds of tongues. You study theology collecting all the relevant passages of a given topic. It's systematic. It's systematic. How do you study heaven? You have to look at all the places the Bible talks about heaven. All the places the Bible talks about the New Jerusalem. All the places the Bible talks about the millennial reign. All the places the Bible talks about these different things. You put them together and you study it. How do you study end times? 
Eschatology, it's called. You talk to Karen. Just kidding. That's one of her favorite things to study. Now, you study the Bible. You study theology with praise. When we study God, we got to turn around and praise God. We got to turn around and exalt God. We got to turn around and worship God. We got to turn around and glorify God. Psalm 139, 17. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How is the sum of them. Our theology study will be grounded in the Bible. You know, you can question over the next few weeks or months. We'll probably do this through Easter. And you can think, how do we know that this is proper theology? How do we know that, that, that what, you know, Pastor Steve preaches and teaches on and talks about is the proper theology? And, you know, don't take my word for it. Look at the Bible. You know, men, including myself, we're fallen. And guess what? I can make a mistake in a sermon, and if I do, talk to me right afterward, and we'll correct it. But always, that's why you need to look at the Bible for yourself. Open your Bible. Look at the Bible passages. Theology is only correct when it comes from the Bible. You can't study God without studying his word. So next week, we'll talk about the Bible and our understanding of the Bible. The Bible is God's word. We are studying God, so let's talk about his word first. Then we will talk about the broad topic of who is God. Who is God? Then the sermon series will include who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is the Holy Spirit? And then we'll get into some other things. We're going to study what is the church and who are the church. What does it mean to be human? That's a worldview question. Who are these angels and who are demons? We're going to talk about what is heaven and hell. Where did it all come from? That's creation. That's the beginning. Uh, we're going to talk about the study of last things. That's called eschatology. And then we'll deal with do Christians and Muslims worship the same God. I think most of us have an answer there, but can we ground the answer in the Bible? And most of us mainly could. But could you contrast the God of the Bible with Allah of the Koran? I went to a seminar on that a few weeks ago. It was very enlightening. The God of the Bible is relational. We're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. God desires a relationship with us. Allah of the Quran does not want a relationship with people. That's just a start. There's many differences between the God of the Bible and the Muslim God of the Quran. Remember, we do not want counterfeit money, and we definitely do not want counterfeit Christianity. So I encourage you, stick with me over the next several weeks as we study God together. And as we study God, turn around and submit to God, surrender to God, worship God. Worship him as a Lord and a Savior. Get in the Bible. Grow in your relationship with Christ. You know, I like movies with special effects. I will watch a movie just for the special effects. I love special effects. It is so cool. But you know what's amazing? The things with how great God is, they don't have a candle. God's supernatural special effects do not hold a candle that any Hollywood movie can make up. And someday, we will be in God's presence. And we will be transformed. And we will be taken to glory, to Jesus, and see him in his glory in heaven. And those special effects are nothing compared to what we will see in heaven. God made himself known. Do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? In Luke 9, 23, Jesus says, anyone can follow me. Anyone can follow me. 
but he or she must deny his or herself, take up his or cross, and follow. Have you made that decision to follow Jesus? You know, Jesus said anyone could follow, but you got to deny yourself. you got to take up your cross. Jesus gives us a free gift of salvation, but guess what? Jesus calls us to commit to Jesus. Are you committed to Jesus? Have you committed? God created us to be with him. God wants a relationship with him. That's cool. But our sins, they do separate us from God. And sins cannot be removed by good deeds. So paying the price for sin, Jesus died on the cross. And everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Life that's eternal means we will be with Jesus forever. Today is a day to surrender to Jesus. Today is a day to surrender to Jesus. You are not promised tomorrow. Today is a day to repent. And all of you here, you're without excuse. Because you've heard from me and Pastor Bobby and many other people about the gospel. And if you've been holding back, today is a day to surrender to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, may we be surrendered to you as Lord and as Savior. And if there's those here today who have never surrendered to you, they've been holding back. They've been um, waiting. They've been living for themselves. May today be the day of salvation. May today be the day where they confess that they are a sinner in need of a Savior. And Jesus, you are the Savior. You are our Lord and our God. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by you, Jesus. we got to confess our sins to you. And may today be the day when, you've, when we believe in you. We believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for our sins and rose again. And may today be the day when we trust in you. We're trusting in you for eternal life. And may today be the day when we commit to you. We commit our lives to you. We want to make you Lord of our life. We want to surrender to you. We want to live for you. We want to organize our affairs around you. For those of here, Lord God, who have not done that, may today be the day. For all of us, Lord, help. We're going to fail this week. Help us to repent and live for you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.